Welcome to Marsha's Plate. This is an interview episode where we talk to friends, family, other community members, and anybody else we want to talk to. <laughs> hey brother, hey brother, hey sister, hey sister, hey sibling, how are you? Hey brother, hey brother, hey sister, hey sister, hey sibling, how are you? How you been doing? Just checking in today. All right. Hey, what's up, y'all? This is your girl, Diamond. This is an exciting episode because I have somebody from my past, (laughs) from my high school years, um, coming to visit the show. And I am so excited because she's a mom now. She, um, when we were younger, she just was one of my favorite people in high school that always treated me well and just was a, a fun happy person and so um i wanted to bring her on just because i think she's dope and she's always been dope to me and i wanted to share her opinion and her her thoughts and so i want to introduce my old school high school friend vicky how are you i'm good how are you i am really really good (laughs) actually let's talk about where we first met okay well i was gonna say actually we knew each other before high school because we went to short ridge together we did go to short ridge together so it's it's been even longer it's been since what about seventh eighth grade yeah we got really close in high school especially when we did a lot of the drama club stuff together um and we did the senior play together um but yeah i mean we were like we did dramas we did choir together and so you were always just just fun to be around with and just fascinating to me (laughs) (laughs) same in high school we did um macbeth for our senior year play and they allowed us the freedom which which i thought was really dope for us to you know take take the play and make it our own like we got to write our own music we got to um you know make literally make up songs to go because it was kind of musical style situation and so one of the things that i thought at the time was really cool is that they let what if you know um macbeth there is three witches in Mm -hmm. in the a part of the play and you know they give kind of like these uh witchy well, little prophecy <laughs> kind of things to Macbeth. I was thinking of it similar to like Hoc- Hocus Pocus. So yes. two two kind of drag queens and a cisgender girl play the witches. Yes. And she was the sexy, the cisgender girl was the sexy ditzy kind of <laughs> kind of yes. one. And then I was the leader. And then we had Kiever as um one of them too and i thought that was dope because they let me write my own song because i've always liked to write songs and it was it was nuanced in the sense that we got to do something kind of out the box in conservative indiana (laughs) yeah exactly i remember when um because i had originally auditioned for the lady macbeth role and they were going to give me something else and i was upset but then one of the witches had to like drop out or something and i was like yeah do it and it was it was so much fun um the three of us just kind of figured out our dynamic and how we were going to go about it and it was just so much fun playing like the antagonist and because that's basically what the witches are they're the ones that stir up the trouble they're like yeah oh, let's go you know cause chaos, cause chaos. yeah <laughs> 
my last year, I was, you know, the, unfortunately, I felt like they were kind of trying to bully me. Um, yeah. It was about going to prom. I don't know. What is what is the student perspective of that moment? Um, the only thing I re- truly, truly remember was the fact that at first the school was going to allow you to have it, you know, come to prom in a dress. Um, but then there was some sort of backlash and I have no way. I, I don't even remember where it came from, but there was some backlash and you fought it and you won the right to be able to wear a dress. And I remember, I don't know if it was you that said it or if it was somebody else that at first you were going to wear this like nice, elegant, like ball gown, but because you had to fight it, you came up showing with this like, you know, skinny little black dress and your shoes all in your, in your heels. And I was just like, you know what, go girl, you look awesome regardless. So I, I just remember feeling very proud of you that you didn't just cave in and that you fought it um and so that's from a student perspective that's what i remember Mm, i remember um you remember tracy garrett yes so i remember tracy one of the things that she did was she went around and kind of got this petition going where she was talking about um she was talking to like football players and um other students other members and she just kind of had a petition of people who really wouldn't care that i would go in a dress like basically signing like you know a lot so many people wouldn't care and one of then they presented that presented that in the court because they were trying to make it seem like the students it would be destructive to the students and i'm like it doesn't make sense because I've been who I was for so long yeah. that it wouldn't be something that was like, oh my God, super, super surprising. It, yeah, exactly. I think that's kind of what I remember. I do remember the petition now that you say that. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's it's very similar to what it is now. It's like, oh, we got to protect the kids and the students, but the students were the most accepting. They were like, no, that's just who she is, you know? Yeah okay it, <laughs> it was so strange and it, and really i wasn't gonna go like i wasn't gonna go there was this big old thing about um i only made it a big thing because they said i couldn't I, if they would have just been quiet i wouldn't have went because there was so much going on in in uh you know in in regards to my life i just wouldn't have went but because you know the greenwood was really really just adamant about not letting me go i was like oh i'm gonna fight this i'm gonna i'm just no because i think you're being shady and uh miss (laughs) beechin got in my ear and was like don't tell nobody i told you this but here (laughs) <laughs> call them. She's the one who gave me the number to call the ACLU. And that doesn't surprise it, me at all. Exactly. And so I was like, okay, well, I'm gonna call them. And it, it just it just led down that road. And I always wondered how the other student, because only I heard not negative, like, but there were some people were like, um, it just kind of took the attention away from everybody else at the prom. And I heard some negative in regards to that, but it was like, I mean, what did y'all want me to do? <laughs> At the same time, it, it didn't have to be that way. And the fact that, you know, if there was a little more attention on you at that time, well, that's their own fault. Right. 
So it's like, it didn't have to end up being that way. But I also remember like, I mean, I think that whole, I mean, I, I think from the beginning I was pretty open-minded anyway, but doing the whole play with you and Kiefer and I mean, obviously I wasn't the one that went through it, just obviously just off in the sidelines, but seeing that really kind of solidified, you know, who I wanted to be in terms of trans, in terms of queer, in terms of, you know, drag queens, you know, that kind of thing. I was just like, and also eventually coming to the acceptance of my own queerness. Um, I think that all helped with that as well. Oh my God, I want to thank all of our new patrons this week. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yay, 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 yay. So not only are you helping to sustain this particular podcast, you know, I also donate to other podcasts. I donate to other organizations. I have my finger on the post of the community and I know a lot of grassroots organizations that are doing great work out here so you're not only helping to sustain us you're helping to sustain other people in a community because I put my money where my mouth is you know that's just the kind of bitch I am community is fuck (laughs) so thank you I really really appreciate you and if you have not become a patron why have you not? You can donate as low as a dollar a month. It doesn't matter. Anything helps. Please. Do I have to play Sarah McLaughlin and show you puppies? Like, what do I have to do? Do I have to do resort to what the white people do to get you to give them money? <laughs> All righty. Anyway, thank y'all. And the Patreon and PayPal link is at the bottom. Back to the show. When your kids started to kind of come of age, when did you start to notice that there was... Um, maybe something different? Um, I don't think I necessarily noticed because it wasn't something that it was like, I don't want to say pushed or anything like that. It was more of, there was always representations, at least what I hoped. There was always some sort of representation of queer people, whether that be, you know, books or movies or whatnot um and they came to their own conclusion and then they came to me and said hey you know i'm i think i'm this way or you know this is what i feel and this one was pretty much yeah i'm him and it was just that's it you know he was like that's who i'm gonna be Mm -hmm. this one had a little more of a journey to go through (laughs) um and that's okay um because i think in that journey she's a lot more comfortable in her body than she was a couple of years ago even a year ago um but what do you guys feel uh you pretty much put it plain and simple for me because like i was just finding interests in a lot of different people more than like just being a straight person um i always found interests in guys who, who are non-binary transgender and just it's nice having a broad horizon. I'm, I'm always open to new things, so it kind of fits well with me. So I guess my question for you would be like, or for either one of you is like, you know, what did I do or what did me and your dad do that allowed you to 
be able to explore or, you know, figure that out on your own. You all, you all, you guys wanted it like in a safe space. You gave though, us freedom. Yeah, you gave us the freedom to be able to explore that kind of thing and not just show this is the way that, you know, you know, just, you know, this is the way it is. This is the way you're going to be. You, you know, you had that creative, you let us have that creative freedom to mm -hmm. be able to think for ourselves. Yeah. You let us have, you, you didn't put out the options for us and it wasn't A and B, it was A, B, C, D, all the way through Z. Yeah. Even then after, in, even after that. Like, yeah. There was never any, there's no constriction. It was always do what you want, make mistakes, but don't get yourself killed. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> did you, even though you felt that support at home, did you feel any kind of uh, a disconnect between like other people in your family? Like even though you, your mom and dad kind of had this kind of um, like free, where it's kind of open. Was there other people who were a little bit more restrictive or not as open as your parents that were, you were connected to? Um, definitely a little bit. So yeah. for me, when, um, so I had first come out as, um, non-binary and bisexual. Um, now I am pansexual and gender fluid, but, um, I had first come out as non-binary and I was, you know, explaining to extended family and there, and, you know, extended, like, um, you know, my aunt is, she's gay. So, you know, she's, she's lesbian. But when I explained to her that I, went by them it was a little bit more like well, this is a new realm for me yeah even though she others. was already part of that part of the queer community the extension beyond that was still difficult for her to grasp um and i will definitely say that the family on my husband's side they're a lot more conservative very loving you know genuinely good hearts a little misguided um sometimes a little close-minded um but at the same time i i don't want to say that you know well obviously because again my husband um he has two sisters there's one that's really conservative but the other sister's gay and they still love each other and they still you know she got married and you know she was welcomed in the family um so it's not like like hardcore conservative it was just more of like that's fine for you but you know not for us and even some of the things that, that they don't quite know or understand because we're family it's more of like okay fine whatever you know i'm <laughs> not necessarily gonna have to understand it but i still love you yeah um whereas on my side of the family i think more of them feel more comfortable in understanding the queerness. I, my oldest brother is um, part of like the burlesque scene. Um, uh, and uh, I don't know if you remember Nikki. She was my best friend. Mm -hmm. Also went to Short Ridge. She was always around me, but didn't go to Arlington. Um, but she's also part of the burlesque um, and, but also part of the polyamorous, you know, type of isn't she also bisexual as well she, yeah she is bisexual she does identify as bisexual she's poly in a polyamorous uh relationship so you know that whole part of my family they all kind of intermingle anyway so right. um 
So yeah, again, it's more of like, yeah, we understand it and we accept it and we love you regardless. Mm. So I think we've been kind of lucky on that aspect where, yeah, we do have a side that's more conservative, but also really loving gotcha. and, you know, want to be family. That makes sense. I have an aunt who is definitely on the conservative side. She's a Jehovah Witness, but she's also one of the one one of the people who when i come to indianapolis if i need a place to stay like say i don't want to spend on a hotel mm -hmm. i can stay at her house <laughs> exactly. and you know she's gonna feed me um yes yeah, she's gonna ask me a million questions <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but you know i feel safe at her house and i feel like you know the genuine love is there Emery, you said you had a lot of books in the house. So, you know, recently, you know, some states are going more crazier than others, but there's kind of like these book bans and, mm -hmm. you know, really, you know, kind of like anti-critical race theory, anti-gay, anti all these things where any books that talk about Black history, any any books that talk about queer history and especially intersection, they're kind of like banning them. So how how is this kind of making you feel as a teacher? How is this making you feel as a parent? How is this making you feel, you know, in regards to the climate of where your, your kid's schooling? Because you have school like kids. Yes. Well, I mean, just in general, it pisses me off. <laughs> I mean, because um i pride myself on my type on my classroom library um all those books that have been banned you know specifically like those um picture books um i have them all um i have i can't even begin to like describe or talk about the books that i have just because i have so many and right now off the top of my head i can't come up yeah. with a single <laughs> title but i have them um and that's the way you know they've always been they've had that all that you know available to them as well because well i'm kind of a book hoarder i buy way too many books <laughs> especially if it has anything to do with any kind of intersectionality or any type of multicultural or you know even if it's just a character you know a black family i want to make sure that you know i have that in my library because i have kids that are black and brown um recently i had to increase i found out several books that had to do with like indian families like from india because i had some kids that were from india and i wanted to make sure that they were represented in the classroom and in the library um so you know anytime i find books that i'm like ooh, this is you know from a different culture i have to buy it but yeah she will sit on the floor of goodwill for an hour <laughs> <laughs> yes goodwill honestly it's weird it's some good books place to find used children's books um and i will walk away with like a stack like that you know yeah she'll walk with she'll walk with like three stacks of books doesn't matter hardcore or whatever you know she'll walk away with books and i'll be like you bought so many books you would be like yeah but it's it costs less than what it would have been you know any other store and I'm like, okay. yeah i gave them a math lesson like one time i spent like 75 dollars on books at goodwill which one thing oh that's a lot and then i had them do the math and they were like oh this would have been like 700 dollars wow like, <laughs> yeah but yeah, um, definitely, um, 
Yeah. Well, now, of course, I'm an avid reader anyway, and I love young adult fiction. So, um, like, Rick Riordan does a lot of his, like, Percy Jackson series, and he has a lot of um, queer uh, characters um, and different cultural characters. Um, so, that I read. Well, what are you doing? Are you taking, she's taking my book away. <laughs> so, uh, how, how are you? So, how are the kids dealing with this at your schools? Like, what are what are the, what are the conversations like at schools about these book bans? Um, I really haven't heard anything at all at school about it. Um, I know if I ask my English teachers about it, I'm sure they have their own opinions. I know each of them have their own different backgrounds. Um, but from teachers that I know, I know that they would be against the banning of those books. They, mm -hmm. They're very open teachers, especially one that I call my school mom. Like I pretty much talk to her almost every day at school. Um, she's, she's a very kind person. I love her. Um, she's against it. She's very much against banning of CRT books, banning of anti-gay books, um, or banning of gay books. Yeah. That word is <laughs> I was like, no, anti, yeah, yeah no. <laughs> uh, but yeah. So, and well, I will say that as of right now, I know that in the state of Indiana, there is legislation on the books, like on their books about um, banning books. I don't think anything has officially gone through yet. Mm -hmm. um, now I haven't been keeping up as I, had been before um but since i'm on summer break i'm like i don't want to hear about anything <laughs> um but i do know that it was on the books um i'm i'm not hopeful you know just because indiana is a mostly red state yeah. um now at the school that i work at which is where uh, my daughter went to because we are a charter school and we our our own board our own school our own entity um as of right now we haven't we've only had one incident of a parent having an issue with a book their child was reading um and it was a very christian family and i think it was a brief talk like like a character like briefly mentioned being gay or something it wasn't even like a big thing However, um, because of that, because we're a new school, we did have to put in place, you know, like the process of if a parent has a complaint, you know, how to bring it to the board and then how the board's going to decide and blah, 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 blah. Mm. So as of right now, we've been fortunate enough that that's only happened once. Mm -hmm. um, and with us being a charter school, again, it's being a school of choice. Usually we get a certain type of demographic that are usually open-minded or you know understanding that banning books or taking books out of a library isn't the right thing to do if you if there's mm. a lot of them are like well no we'll make sure we you know we'll monitor what our kids say and kids do and blah 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 blah, blah. um and a lot of times it's not even books that were um, at least for the last book, it wasn't something that was, you know, assigned to them. It was something that the child picked up and was like, oh, I'm going to read this. Um, and so, again, I think that's on the part of the parent being like, okay, what are you reading? 
you know, if you really want to monitor, you know, the content that's on the parent. But yeah. What are some of the books that you grew up with that kind of introduced you to some of these ideas? Do you remember any? I don't know what necessarily about books growing up because well, again, growing up, I didn't really read a whole lot of books myself as well. I'm an avid reader now. I think it was more, for, for, I think really for us, it's more of like of that, of like TV and movies. That's kind of where we mm -hmm. get a lot of that information and that culture. Um, like, you know, of course, Queer Eye was a huge thing growing mm -hmm. up for me. Um, when that came out, I thought that was like, oh, this is so progressive. And, <laughs> and, and now they came out with the second one, you know, that's something that we enjoy together. Um, but yeah, just, I'm trying to think if there was any, like one particular, I remember Queer as Folk. I would, that was one of the first things that I watched that I was like, oh, so this is more about what's yeah. going on. Um, I do remember when um, Angels in America uh, that came out on HBO. That was another seminal moment of like another point of representation. Rent, rent is mm -hmm. also one. So those are kind of the big um, things and in, in, yeah influences in my life in regards to representation. Um, do mm. you guys have anything specific? that you guys remember um i mean i know it, it's always just been part of yeah, yeah everything it's, always, we do. it's always just kind of been, you know they're definitely rent um rent is actually one of my dad's um favorite mm -hmm. musicals um and it is one of mine i love rent um but i mean other than just like you know music and always kind of having that you know inclusion in every movie or show that we watched it was it was always there so there was nothing oh that's beautiful i remember yeah. growing up for me it was sometimes it'll be super negative stuff like you know like um like a jerry springer and, oh, yeah. and sometimes it wasn't necessarily negative it just was a like a interesting a interesting yeah. way to present it because sometimes it'll be like oh that's a man maury or <laughs> or yeah. it'll be like a relationship or somebody fighting or something you know in that that kind of sensational tv um then there was certain little shows little movies um you know and how people responded to certain things that were sensational like even um like to wong fu i was just um, gonna say like to wong fu was like just popped in my head i was like i remember yeah. seeing that in the theaters yeah to, yeah to wong fu was an interesting movie and how people responded to patrick swayze and wesley mm -hmm. snipes and um john luke Wazamo oh, being bird in those roles bird cage with um robin, robin. williams that was really good you know different like in living color had a skit that had some funny little queer moments yeah i think books wise i think it would be like elin harris or eric jerome dickey they were really common people around me like I, our school yeah. in particular you know it was a couple you know I, we had lesbians at our school in high yes. school we had um tons of queer people um not tons, but enough to yeah, where exactly. I saw that I well, saw. I remember, um, so not necessarily in our school, but uh, in another high school, you know, Nikki and I would hang out with friends from that other high school. And 
like the first time I played spin the bottle was with a bunch of gay gay men <laughs> so and you know that was again just kind of that introduction of like you know and it was really cool to see because they were comfortable in who they were and you know what they represented and yeah. and I think I I think with me there was being a you know a cis woman is that there was more safety with gay men than there was with straight men always um and so i remember you know in my 20s i would much rather go to um oh i, I can't even like the metro i'd much yeah. rather go to the metro than you know go to like tiki bobs right um, because i felt safer there um and like even now um downtown ollie's i go there and do karaoke um because nikki hosts karaoke there on saturday nights <laughs> um so it's like and that is a safe space for queer folk and it's also just the best environment because everybody is so welcoming and it doesn't matter how good or how bad you are at karaoke everybody's clapping and loving it and it's like that's that's what you get when you're in queer spaces you know that accept everybody it's mm -hmm. feel safe i actually want you to be bad actually I, I hate when people who who do who can actually sing do karaoke it annoys me uh, no, <laughs> you shouldn't be here <laughs> has there ever been a particular issue at one of your children's school regarding their identity or whatever that you had to advocate for them that you remember The only thing I can think of, and it wasn't really necessarily where I had to advocate for them. Um, like I had mentioned um, before, my daughter had gone through a moment where she was figuring herself out and thought she was a trans male. Um, so we had to sit down with, you know, the admin. I was lucky because again, the admin is also my boss, but also people I really respect and knew um, Ace um, for a couple of years at that time. And so it was a welcoming conversation of this is where we're at. This is how we're all kind of feeling. Um, and this is the plan that we're going to do. Um, and I think, at that point in time, you know, and like I said before, when she was going through that phase, it didn't feel authentic for me um, when she stated she was trans. Um, I think there was a lot of like body issues and influences that were going on within her peer group. Um, and so for me, because again, I, and I think this was the hardest part for me because it's like, I should be more open and 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 open to the idea, and I and I absolutely would have been. However, it didn't feel authentic because it's like I've known trans people in my life. I've, uh, it, it, yeah, it just it felt like it was more hiding than anything. And expressing that with the admin, um, they we all kind of agreed, but at the same time, we realized that that's where she was at that time. That's what we needed to continue with until she got to a point it wasn't you know worth saying no this is not who you are she needed to come to that conclusion on her own on her own
Yeah. How did you feel about that? Like, how did how the, how did that make you feel safe? And you know, because we have a lot of people saying that kids can don't know themselves and da 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 da. Yes, we understand. Kids are going through a phase of we we all go through a phase of learning and figuring ourselves out, and we don't know. Like me, I knew I was trans really really early on, and it hasn't faltered clearly. So. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, there is a process of knowing yourself. Well, uh, I remember when I identified with being a gay male and I had to realize, oh, it's a little bit deeper for me in, in, in regards to my identity and it goes past sexuality. And so how did that make you feel? What did you, what did you feel going through that process yourself? It was, it was a really like stressful process because, um, you know, when I, first um you know said I was a trans male it was you know this like whole process I I look back at it now and I there was a lot of you know like um had to do a lot with like peers and stuff the peer group that I was hanging out with um because you know a lot of um kids in that group were um queer there was one person in that group who was trans and I had hung out with the with that person you know like a lot so um there was a lot of I guess kind of reflecting I don't know I guess I think with the sorry I don't mean to cut you but I think with again because they were I mean it's middle school I think because of the child that was coming out as a trans male wanted really wanted to have you know that um that peer that identified like they did like he did um and I think with Ace, because she was willing to explore, I think there was a lot of, oh, you should try this. Oh, you should do this. Uh, you know, I think there was, so I don't, so when I say there was influence, I don't think it was like malicious influence. I think the other child was just really looking for that kindred spirit, you know, to be like, I'm not the only one. Um, because we are such a small school, it's not like there's going to be many trans kids. Um, but and so I think they were just looking for that other person and kind of latched on to Ace and was like, nope, you know, this is what you're going to be. This is this is how you should feel. And I think for her, again, you know, being very influential and also people pleasing and also dealing with a lot of body dysmorphia. It was I think it was almost easier to just try to be like trans male instead of trying to figure out how she felt comfortable in her female non-binary gender fluid body. Um, So um, I think that whole like um, process of, um, you know, going through that, it was, it was very stressful, but I think, um, and, you know, after they had had that talk, um, I still felt very comfortable with, you know, my teachers and they supported me. And then I was like, actually, I don't think I feel this way. This is more of how I feel. Um, and after I said, um, I don't, I don't feel like a trans male. I feel more just like everything because I was, I, I identified as non-binary for a while. I, you know, I, I present female and, but, um, also I kind of figured out that I don't care what, pronouns people use towards me I'm okay with everything Mm -hmm. so and that's kind of the thing for me so I'm pansexual and gender fluid so it's 
it, it kind of so in general you felt stressed you know trying to figure that out mm -hmm. but also you still felt safe in the space you were in being able to figure that out yeah okay and i think that's i think that's something that i don't people understand think people grasp it's not about oh i'm just letting my children all willy-nilly decide <laughs> all these things no it's just creating a safe space for them to figure it out on their own and you know talk them through it hey what about this or what about this and and just till they get to a place where they are comfortable mm -hmm. i think that people a lot of people on the conservative side thinks that oh you know open parents are more like oh yeah let's go buy you a gown let's go do this yeah. and, and no it's 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 about my child is telling me something that they're figuring something out right. and i'm gonna go with them through this process without giving them shame without making them feel like no i'm not no i'm not accepting it at all you got to get up out of my house if you're doing that that kind of vitriol negative um way to respond to something when really it's just all right well we can figure this out it's not about condoning it's about hey so let's talk about it yeah. let's see and what I, you're going through and i will say that you know there was a good while where it it wasn't necessarily even easy on me or my husband now both me and my husband like he's still learning and he's still very again very accepting but still in the process of learning and understanding. Yeah. Um, but, you know, and willing to listen. Um, and with me, I, you know, I assumed myself to be very open and like, whatever they're gonna be, that's who they're gonna be. And it surprised me, you know, as someone who is queer identifying and who is open when she did try to come out as a trans male, my reaction, you know, my uh, trying to find the word, but it was like it was it was so visceral. And I was just like, I had to take a step back and reflect as to why I was feeling that way um, without reacting at, as she was telling us, because, again, I wanted to give her that safe space. I wanted her to feel comfortable. Um, and and it, it was hard it was very very hard because there was some time where i was like you know why am i feeling this way and i had to do some talking and you know talk to my therapist and 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 it, it kind of came to the idea of like okay this is why i was feeling this way now i did and i tried my hardest to kind of hold my judgment um and i wasn't perfect um, I will say that there was one point in time where like, I just, I had a moment and I started taking down her pictures and taking down things that had her name on it. And, and like, I, I kind of went a little nuts and crazy and, um, and then we had to stop and talk about it. And cause she got upset cause I had said something to her brother about me not thinking it was authentic. She got mad. We had to talk about it um i the only thing i i think i think the was was interesting is that the one thing that kind of took us a path in the right direction was the fact that 
she wanted to be with peers she wanted to be with her girlfriends and she wanted to spend the night with them and we had this conversation as if you're going to be a male i wouldn't let your brother spend the night with his girlfriends and so if you if the, you know if this is who you are you know and we're going to continue this path these are also the rules um and i think that restriction kind of was like an aha moment for her and then like oh and then really a lot more talking a lot more therapy and getting to a point of like okay this really doesn't this really isn't authentic this isn't who i am this is more of who i am so it was interesting it was it's kind of like one of those things where i'm like you know i didn't really know how to go about you know having this conversation until the situation presented itself and it helped it was a path and so i yeah. took it um and but, the, parents don't have um an instruction manual i say this all the time when you oh, have no. kids you don't have an instruction manual that comes like this is how your kid is going to be every kid is going to be different um the time is going to be different when you, your kids get to a certain age it's going to be things that you as a child as a teenager didn't have to go through that they have to go through now like when we were growing up we didn't have this kind of internet kind of we the internet was around but it wasn't accessible to us like it is now um you know the dangers are different um temptations are definitely different so you know and like i said we, we parents don't come with a instruction manual and i think the best way to be is to be always lead with curiosity and love and 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 openness to where it's not causing shame because the shame is what makes people hide the shame mm -hmm. is what makes people feel even worse about themselves and that you don't feel like a safe place as a parent so now they got to go to somebody who may not be as loving and leading with curiosity mm -hmm. and push them into a direction that you might not want them to go and so yeah. um i think i think that's powerful yeah i just it's just it's all about the grace and yeah like you said curiosity i'm like okay where is this coming from why you know and then not only that you know going beyond that i'm like okay if this is what we're gonna do this is how we're gonna go from here on out kind of thing and one thing that um i did early on with these two which this one still needs to get back into it but therapy i mean therapy is a family um it, you know not even with her it was she started therapy even before this whole you know identity you know crisis. process i wouldn't say a crisis but process um um so but so being able to have that as a resource during that process was a huge thing and so even as a you know kindergarten teacher i tell my you know parents of my, the students like if you think your child you know may benefit go for it in fact i think most children probably would benefit regardless especially kindergartners because they're trying to figure out what's going on in their little heads and and uh especially now that we have a lot of kids um that we're calling our covid babies you know these are the ones that grew up during covid or were born during covid um they got a lot of stuff to work through because even though they were you know kids and babies there's still a lot like that they didn't get to experience right. because of covid and developmentally 
you know, socially and emotionally, that's left him in a different headspace. And so it's good to have, you know, that resource, which again, the resource is hard to find sometimes, mm-hmm. but you can find it. And if you can afford it, you have the accessibility for that resource to definitely use it. What advice or suggestions would you give to other parents who are navigating civil, similar experience with queer youth? Like what is, you know, I want all three of y'all to answer that. <laughs> um, I think for me, it kind of depends on where the parents are. Um, because one, if you have someone that is, you know, really conservative and really Christian based, sometimes it's it's hard even if you present information and facts and truths um they're so walled up um but if someone's a lot more open-minded which you know i've been fortunate enough that most of my families um even with kids you know as young as i have um you know they're a lot more open-minded they understand someone like someone was like you know this is just a phase maybe maybe not and you know people are or people be like well they it's more prevalent now you see it all over the place and so it's trendy and that's when if i hear a parent say that that's one thing i usually try to tell them is like it's not necessarily trendy it's more of an you know they have the opportunity to explore this a lot more than we did as kids like you know i think even in high school with you doing with what you went through you know even then i'm not even quite sure if if the word necessarily trans at least in you know my own um life you know it wasn't i don't know even know if that was a necessarily a uh the the way people spoke it wasn't this that wasn't the wordage people used it wasn't you know necessarily mm-hmm. this is trans it would be like oh they this is a drag queen or someone who wants to dress who wants to dress in drag i think a cross dresser a drag queen yeah in our community it was transsexual and trans was was but in the broader sense no it was that's exactly. a drag queen. yeah so i think now because of social media, again, good and bad and, and all of that, um, the the wordage and the education of the different experiences is more known. And so therefore kids have more wordage, they have more vocabulary, they have things that are like, oh, maybe that's me. And so they're more willing to try it out. Um, so I that's what I, you know, if I hear someone's like, oh, well, yeah, that's just, that, it's just trendy. I'm like, no, it's not. It's not trendy. You know, they're just trying to figure out who they are. The goal is, is to just right. walk next to them. Don't lead them. Walk next to them. Sometimes you even need to walk behind them in their journey, um, but never in front. Let them, let them leave. Yeah. What would you say? Um, Honestly, just you know, be open-minded with your kids because they might not have the courage to tell you everything that's going on in their heads. So just be open-minded with them, just whatever they're going through. If, you know, it's anything in, you know, LGBTQ community or mental health-wise, just, just, you know, be with your kid 
kind of like she said, don't don't be in front of them. Just be with them, or just let them be. Mm -hmm. Um, pretty much the same thing. Um, <clears throat> like don't keep them on a tight leash. Don't let them not explore. Let them keep exploration open. Keep it as an option. Let them find out what they want to do as they get older, especially if they hit around my age, 16, like 15, 16, 17. Um, let them explore. Let them find out who they mingle with, what they would like to do. Um, the exploration, pretty much, because if you don't let them explore, they're not going to know. And, and unknowing can lead to fear and fear can lead to being sheltered back in. Um, well, it's, sorry, go ahead. Uh, I was pretty much done. Well, I was going to say the only thing I would add to that for parents is that, yeah, let them explore, but also equip them with the information that they need to be safe about it. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Um, because like, you know, especially teenagers, they're going to have sex. So we got to equip them with the information that they need to protect themselves and to not get into a bad, sticky situation and, you know, let them know these are the consequences of your right. actions. So and this is about disease. This is about consent. This is yeah. about pregnancy. This is about all those things. I think we like to focus on with girls pregnancy and when we talk about boys disease, but we've got to talk about consent too, because, Absolutely. you know, there's some sticky moments where, you know, a teenager may not know how to handle the situation. So we have mm -hmm. to be very clear about consent. Yeah. And the, the idea that, you know, I, um, cause my son, he's been in a relationship for about a year and a seven months now. Mm -hmm. So, you know, before they were intimate, we always talked about, you know, making sure I talked to him about making sure that, you know, his girlfriend was consenting and that, you know, it was consensual the entire way through at any time. If she said, no, you stop and you don't give a grief for it. You just be like, okay, you know, you back away. And then same thing for her, letting her know that um, any, if she's ever in a situation, she, you know, even if she does say yes at one point, she can always change her mind and say no, and that is just as valid. So, um, and I think um, that's another thing, another advice I would give is just um, validating feelings. Um, this is one big piece of advice I always give to all my parents is validating feelings. So if the child is sad, you want to make them happy, but you still need to validate the fact that they're sad. Okay, you're sad. Now we're going to work on our way through through this sadness to get to the other side, instead of just saying, don't be sad. Right. So, or no, you're not sad. You're, you know, because I, I didn't mean to do this, or I didn't mean to make you sad. Well, that doesn't matter necessarily. Still validate feelings. Right. Kind of adding to that is, um, just something that I saw that like really helped me was don't find a way out, find a way through. Mm, yeah. Well, I want to thank y'all for spending time with me. I'm always somebody who likes to explore other people's story. I don't have children. Won't don't plan on having any children. <laughs> <laughs> so I wanted to bring somebody that I knew could handle the conversation and just the fact that you volunteered your kids to come on and talk. I appreciate y'all for sharing sure. and being so open and vulnerable. And I love to see it. Thank you for coming.
Thank you. I love the fact that you reached out because I, I was like, I, I have stuff to say, but I never know what to say or how to say it. <laughs> Definitely. Once I, I saw like little pictures, I was like, oh, because you know, it's like, you know, I'm watching all of y'all kids. Everybody who yeah. I grew up with, I'm watching all of y'all kids. And I'm like, there's a couple of people that got some queer kids. And I'm like, hmm, I'm seeing some things. And so once I saw, I was like, let me hit up Vicky C. Because you, I know you, anytime you'll see some old pictures of Vicky the type, if she sees some old pictures and she'll slide them to me like hey did have you seen this yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so i was like okay so yeah she probably would be open to coming on the show yeah, so absolutely. i appreciate it i love you so where can they if y'all want them to find you where can they find y'all on social media oh um i mean i have a tiktok but i don't even know what my tiktok handle is <laughs> oh i know what it is oh what is it i'm pretty sure is it at vicky elaine I think it's at Vicky Elaine. Um, um, I have I have TikTok and Instagram for both. It's um, Coco for Cocoa Puffs one, but the first Coco is spelled K-O-K-O. -O. Um, I got it from the movie Burlesque. Yay! <laughs> um, my TikTok handle is uh, it's at K two underscore Tasty. Um, it's mainly just gaming and about like me and my friends online. Um, That's what's up. Sadly, a few days ago, my account got banned, so it's just random. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for being here, and yeah, check them out. And I will talk to y'all next week. Have a wonderful day, y'all. Bye bye. 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 Well, that's it. Thank you for coming and getting a taste of Marsha's Plate. You can listen to us on iTunes and SoundCloud. Make sure you leave a review because we really need those five stars, y'all. And go like our Facebook page and leave some comments. We'll be posting exclusive content every Thursday, so you definitely don't want to miss out. You can also follow us on Twitter and any other social media site at Marsha's Plate. If you'd like to donate or advertise with us, hit us up at diamondstyles at gmail.com. That's diamondstylz at gmail.com. And that's it for us, y'all. Bye. Bye-bye. You gonna say bye, Mia? Oh, bye, y'all. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs>